Tree Talking Time is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors. Get all your hound hunting needs at Conkeys.com. Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Welcome back to another episode of Tree Talking Time. I don't even know where to begin, but this is episode 100, and I'm just blown away at all the listeners and all the support I've had, all the sponsors. I don't know where this would be without all of you guys. I really appreciate all the support. I just got a message the other day from somebody saying they really enjoyed the podcast and keep it up, and those kinds of messages really, really do help because sometimes you just don't know you know, what kind of impact these are, are doing, you know, and if it's really worth it, especially with so many podcasts out there now, I sometimes wonder, but I appreciate everyone that's, that's been along for this ride. Like I said, this is episode 100, you know, we're, we're coming up on two years pretty shortly. And I don't think when I started this, I really knew where it was going to go or what was going to happen. And I just really appreciate everyone. I really do have to say thank you to my sponsors, you know, that have come alongside me and, you know, that's been fairly recent, but it's, it's helped a lot. You know, Conkey's full cry and double, you have really helped me out, um, to be able to do this. You know, this is, takes a lot of time and I do really appreciate all of their support. I hope you enjoy this episode with, with Mark Zepp. I got to meet Mark at Autumn Oaks this year and had a great time got to know each other a little better and uh I really enjoyed it and I at that point I asked him if he would be interested in doing a podcast and he wasn't sure at that point but uh luckily I was able to twist his arm to come on so hope you enjoy this this episode with Mark he's a very interesting guy and uh has a really cool job but has, has an even cooler story how he's gotten to where he's at today so hope you enjoy it how are you doing tonight, man? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Okay, this is your 100th episode, huh? Yes, it is. That's great. Congratulations to you. I think <laughs> that's, uh, you know, this, this is uh, like everything else in life. It's worth doing. It's a lot harder than it uh, than it seems like it mm-hmm. It should be uh, to the outsider. So that's a big deal, you know. Uh, a lot of guys, no matter, I think back uh, of my time when I, um, started uh with john linda at uh Wick outdoor works back in the late 80s um you know you see a lot of people come and go mm-hmm. and, oh, and yeah. then uh i've been one of the uh, the lucky ones and been really blessed that uh you know as a kid uh i love the outdoors and hunting and trapping and fishing and then got bit by the coon hunting bug and, uh, in, uh, my freshman year of high school and then have, have been able to make a living out of this great sport of ours Yeah. Um, all these years later. So, uh, you see a lot of folks come and go yeah. and, uh, but I've been truly blessed. Uh, yeah. Not too many people uh, say they've, uh, made a living in the coon hunting world. Yeah, there's very few, you know, I, I've said this to Alan Gingrich and to Todd uh, Elm over at UKC, but mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, it's, um, 
you know, when we look at rules and uh, how to change rules or enforcement of rules, I've always felt like if it doesn't matter to us, then who who's it going to matter to? I mean, uh, we have been very fortunate. Uh, you know, there's what a handful or a couple handfuls uh, of folks out there that have been able to make a living around this sport or re- related to this sport. So uh, we want to, if, if at all possible, we want to try to leave it uh, better than we found it, yeah. you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, I had uh, great years with John and Linda and Monica Wick and the gang at, at Wick Outdoor Works uh, almost many, 10 years. I was going to say, how many years was that? Yeah, almost ten years. So, um, and it was, it was great. I mean, they were. I look back really fondly on all those years. Um, and you know, I was a single guy right out of college, and it was. Uh, I was just you know going to work for John and being his right hand man. It would have been like you know I tell people it was like if you were. Uh, playing guitar for Bon Jovi or Elvis or something, you know, your childhood yeah. hero you're going to work for and, exactly. and, uh, to be able to do that. And, and it was a, a special time of life. I traveled, gosh, just so much, um, then, and then in my early years at Tritronic, you know, where you'd be gone a hundred, 150 nights, maybe sometimes more a year. Oh, yeah. So it really wasn't really a life for, you know, I didn't get married till I was in my forties. It really wasn't, um, you led kind of a gypsy type existence in some oh, yeah. ways where you were gone. And, and, uh, so I've been blessed, but it's certainly lots of, of, of work. Um, you know, people, I'm always amazed at people who don't have jobs and then there's plenty of jobs. There's plenty of work out there. But say, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to work weekends. I can't do that. <laughs> Look, I didn't want to work weekends either, but I mean, I worked, yeah, I worked every single one of them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I say I got lucky, but I moved from a great place. My dad had, uh, built an empire there in, in Warsaw, Ohio. We had a thousand acre farm and, and, uh, going to Missouri and working for John required me leaving that place of heaven, you know, and so... Yeah. Um, and so you leave special people and special places behind as you make a lot of these, uh, life decisions, you know, uh, but, uh, but I've been truly blessed, lots of great folks and I'm, you know, uh, how things, how things have worked out just unbelievable. Oh yeah. No, but you're saying about the traveling, you live a gypsy lifestyle. I mean, I've kind of got a little taste of that this year. I've been to a couple of major events and I've had more people ask me, Hey, are you going to this event or this event? Or you should come over here and hunt with me or, you know, and it's like, I have a normal full-time job, you know, wife, two kids. I've got hounds of my own. I I can't just like live on the road here. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when you, I never really appreciated that or whatever the right words <laughs> are when I was at Wix, you know, I was a single guy and I just went. So beagle events, bird dog events, pointing dog events. Um, and I, I think probably the biggest thing that that 
did for me without even realizing it <clears throat> at the time was all the connections you make, all the people oh, yeah. meet through, you know, the dog registries, the dog food companies. The, I mean, every, everything you, you, you just end up making a lot of friends and knowing a lot of people. Yeah. And, and uh, all these years later, it gives you a tremendous amount of credibility as you've <laughs> been able to go on. Uh, keep going in the in the industry and working. Yeah. So, uh, and I I'm you know older and fatter and slower now, but I love what I do uh, and uh, plan on. Gosh, I I just uh, our son, my wife, and I we've been married almost twenty years now, and we've got uh, our son Wyatt that's eighteen, and you know, his 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 passion is is uh, basketball. So he's a senior in high school. Which, for people that haven't met Wyatt, it, it's the perfect passion for him. He's a giant. I mean, so are you. So yeah, yeah. He's six seven or six eight and long and gangly and yeah. cute and, uh, and handlet. So we've you know we've done a lot of college visits and and uh, this fall and and uh, mostly uh, Division three and some NAI Division one schools and we'll just see where all that. Uh, Ends up, but nice. right now, gosh, uh, his season's a month away, and uh, we're we're looking forward to it for sure. Good, um, but uh, I see, uh, uh, you know, some of the the big changes. Gosh, as you look at these podcasts, and I remember as a kid that at my grandparents' place in Wellington, uh, Ohio, they had a forty acre farm there on Whitney Road, and. Um, my grandfather always got outdoor life magazines mm-hmm. and I, uh, you know, I saw a little advertisement for full cry magazine there as a kid, you know? And yeah. so I subscribed to that and obviously Cooner and full cry, uh, the great Terry Walker, uh, who did so much for our sport, just, uh, could no longer keep those magazines going, but, uh, Jason Doobie out there in Oregon, uh, yep. has picked up, for full cry and, and, um, have you seen a copy? Of any, I have, and it looks good. And any of you folks that are out there that, uh, still want to get a magazine, why, uh, Jason and his wife and family, I know they would appreciate the support. Obviously, yeah. uh, obviously UKC makes a nice magazine with Kingdown mm-hmm. bloodlines, but the registry yeah. supports that. Why, yeah. um, a full cry will be, um, you know, it'll be an entity on its own. And, I'm one of those old guys. I still like getting a magazine that broke my heart to, to, to see Cooner, uh, not make it. And, and, uh, but, uh, I think a debt of gratitude, gratitude certainly for Terry Walker for mm-hmm. all these years, all the things that Terry did for the sport and, um, through the publications and, um, through really good times and then really lean and tough times the last, oh, yeah. the last few years. But, uh, with luck, uh, give a little shout out. I remember getting those full crime magazines and seeing all those Cass Walker ads <laughs> and, you know, Fred Moran, the red bone man with old gold and uh, hickory and all those stud dog ads and Dorman Klaus. And, you know, I'm a red bone, uh, guy and I always have, and always have been. And, um, you know, some folks I was telling, my wife had some company here last night, but when I uh, 
started like in high school from eighth grade to ninth grade, they made you had a list of, I don't know, 150 books you had to read going in to your freshman year and, um, of high school, the Iliad and the Odyssey, all these books. I mean, I have these books. Oh my God. And, <laughs> and there was a book in there where the red fern grows. And I thought, well, this will be a book about trees and I like <laughs> being outdoors. And, uh, certainly I'll, you know, enjoy reading about that. Of course, uh, the rest is history, you know. So um, is that what it, kind of sparked your interest in coon hunting? That's it. That's it. Uh, a fellow by the name of Jerry Brzee, uh, there in Wellington, lived right down the road from my, right around the corner from my grandparents, and he had red bones, and um, you know, uh, it just I went on my first coon hunt with him years and years ago, and uh, Jerry still around he can't hunt anymore but uh i've got his nylon 66 rifle that he gave me uh nice several several years ago and hunt with it about every night and uh so yeah those were you know i've, I've always been a red bone man from that and you know uh i remember writing curtis alburn and Terry Hayes, you know, letters when I was a kid and then gosh, getting to know those guys and, and, yeah. um, Moran and Lubert and big Dennis Gummer and gosh, all those guys that, uh, my, my buddy Harold Hoffmeister and just on and on, uh, uh, Mike Eaglehoff and just great people. Um, uh, you know, a, a lifetime, uh, a memories and, a. uh, um, you know, folks that I got to, to know. And Do you remember your first coon hunt? Oh, with, uh, Jerry. Yes. And it was back in, uh, oh gosh, would that have been 77, 76, something like that. Um, and you know, hides, I mean, you just, you, you know, I mean, this would be, you know, like two hundred dollar raccoons now. You know, oh, yeah. and the whole the whole world it was the heyday of the fur era, and and you know, you think about when those the the magazines had you know twenty five thirty thousand people subscribing. Yeah, you know, and uh, down to and it was down to less than three thousand when uh, it, it, it uh, when they finally they gave up on it. But you know, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't go out you couldn't be outside at night and not hear dogs yeah somewhere you know oh, dogs yeah. running over here dogs running over there in the distance i mean it was just a big deal and trapping and and um you know when it did get too cold um uh, and the, the snow would fly well, i took up predator calling and calling fox and just um you know think of all those things. But yeah, when I hunted with Jerry that night, we stayed at my grandparents. We hunted till, um, three o'clock in the morning and, um, never did get a coon treat on the, out, <laughs> out, on the outside. And I thought it was just the greatest, you know, uh, you think of the thousands of hunts that you've been on that I've been on since then and casts that I've helped judge and, hunted all around the country and people come up to me and say, yeah, I hunted with you here and there or whatever. 
I can remember that. Well, I remember that night, every yeah. turn on, everything about it and how great it was. And, and, uh, you, we never even treated King, but I thought it was the greatest thing. Yep. I had the greatest time of my life. It just totally changed my life. Yep. And I, I just was, um, sick over it. You know, I mean, it just, it just dominated everything. The sport, it, there was just nothing like it mm-hmm. to me. And it just took over my life. And as I, you know, when I got into college, I was a biology major trying to get into that school, but I just thought, I mean, every day I just hated school. I hated mm-hmm. high school. I hated college every day. was a, it was a fight to get through it. And, you know, I could remember just, Hardly waiting when I was in college, hardly waiting to get on summer break so that I could um, hunt and all summer, all summer long and uh, in the heat. Now, gosh, it gets hot and I think, <laughs> man, I'm not going out and yeah. but you know, when I was young and tough and thinner, why shoot, I could hardly wait for it, you know, it didn't matter, didn't matter what the. So, how long did it take you to get your first hound after that first hunt? Um, I would say like two years later, um, it took me cause my, you know, my parents, they weren't real keen on it, but gotcha. they finally, they finally just gave up, you know, and it's funny. I got that pup from Dorman Klaus and, um, you know, she was a coon dog at 10 months old. I tell everybody, I was my first one. I'm still looking for one just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just took her and didn't really know what I was doing and squalled a coon down and it came down the tree and she fought it. And from that night on, she just went and treed raccoons everywhere. And um, uh, so uh, I guess just like they're supposed to, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, certainly the dogs now are start quicker and there's a whole lot more to choose from. uh, probably in all the breeds, you know, but uh, especially in the red bones, well, we got a lot of, a lot of nice dogs now, whereas, you know, that, that, that wasn't the case, um, yeah. by, you know, in the past. So, um, so how many dogs do you have now? Two. Okay. Yeah. I got one that, I got one that's three and one that's one. And, um, uh, wasn't going tonight, uh, cause it was raining. I didn't go last night. It was, it was raining. The, uh, Gosh, I just, the sport has changed so much with all this thermal stuff, you know, as far as finding raccoons or shooting them with thermal scopes, but all that stuff is so, all that stuff is so doggone much money and expensive, (laughs) uh, even to an old fat guy, I hate taking it out in the rain. uh, If if it's a little rain, that's something, but when it's really raining hard and doing all those things, why, I don't. I think, man, that's that's my excuse anyway. Um, I understand. You know, but uh, yeah, I have two, and that's plenty. With, um, you know, my I've, uh, my wife was has some really serious health issues for uh, a lot of uh, the last four or five years, but she's she is in remission now, awesome. and I'm really doing really doing great. Glad and, to hear and, that. Yeah, you don't you don't realize how that affects everything in your life, and uh, it's it certainly the last three years why uh, there's a, 
at one point where I wondered, you know, do I need to get rid of the dogs as her as she got worse and worse, but uh hung in there and um a lot of folks praying for her and, and uh she's doing really well. Even went to Autumn Oaks this year, so and uh set up and sold some few coon squallers and boot jacks and those kind of things. So yeah. um You had a nice booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice you had a nice location right there in the corner. Yeah, yeah, she did great with it all, and and um, uh, really, we didn't know when all this started how much you know she would be able to do. If she'd be able to keep a job. Uh, obviously, I had the the coon squallers, and that turned into predator calling and coyote DVDs and predator calls, and and uh, which got picked up by places like. You know, Sportsman's Warehouse and Cabela's and Bass Pro, and and um, so that business grow grew, and we've um, you know started making some some jackets like uh, the uh, old Wick Briartown jacket, and yeah. making some chaps now, and just a few a few other things. And, and uh, for anyone listening, there, he ma- Mark makes a great jacket. <laughs> yeah. That- and you can get them at markzep.com. I'll shamelessly <laughs> promote, but, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, a little bit about my life and I've been, as I said, super blessed. Um, guys like Steve Fielder still, you know, he's another kind of hero of mine that's still after all the years in the industry and he's retired and obviously worked for all the different town registries and, um, still going and he's got his own, you know, gone to yep. the dogs, uh, podcast and, and, um, little person out to our buddy, Bruce Conkey yep. here. It's uh, what the 26th of October, of 2023 when we're, as we're doing this, but mm-hmm. Bruce just got home today. He'd had, uh, triple bypass uh, heart surgery and uh and he's home and doing great Mm -hmm. talked to him a little bit this afternoon and uh for my real job why i I work with uh monkeys and uh, a lot of tremendous other great other other folks and uh it's it's just not business you really you really care about those folks and i remember years ago when bruce first got started and now to see his his son, Bruce Wayne, taking over the kind of the helm down there and yeah. working with his grandson. And yep, Zach, um, I deal with Zach mostly, and Zach's been kind of keeping me up to date on on Bruce because they they posted something and I was like, "Is everything okay?" And he was told me, and I was like, "Oh, geez, it's a little more than yeah. just a little procedure." And he goes, "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah." And he's had some, you know, like Kevin Rainwater down there at B and K. They've had, had some other health issues as well, and mm-hmm. um. Um, John Wick has, has not been well the last several years and uh, has got congestive heart failure. So, uh, people ask me about him always and, uh, we, we love you, John, and just, uh, hoping the best for you always. And, uh, and, and, uh, I don't know, that's rambling, uh, (laughs) talking a lot about me and it's about you. Well, for anybody that doesn't that lives under a rock and doesn't know who Mark Zepp is and, and what you do, you you know, why don't you tell us about your 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 regular day job? 
I is after I left Wix, um, I uh, that was a big thing in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Try, uh, I tried to buy in, and and that just didn't work out, and and um, I really did not know what to do with my life then. Um, and I spent almost, you know, the next two years living out of my van. I wanted to, I was really into coyote hunting. I still do a ton of predator calling. Um, so, you know, coon hunting and coyotes have been my life really. And, and, um, so I, I I just, uh, I, I bought the van and the trailer that, um, I traveled to all the hunts with. Uh, from from John and Linda, and I just lived out of my van basically for a lot, for a big part of the next two years, hunting coyotes out west. I always, you know, um, uh, uh, dreamed about doing that, and yeah. and so you know the Dakotas and that's a big thing now. Hashtag know, van life. You know, you could you could have been a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I made four DVDs, um, uh, you know, that are a couple hours each and, uh, started the first one when, is when I was living out of my van and, and, um, just special times, special memories. I've, I've told folks over the years that, um, when they're having problems with their marriage, you're having problems with their gals. And I always say, you know, what you need to do, I said, is you just need to rent a van <laughs> <laughs> for like a month. I said, before you do anything and just go out West and I said, get rid of your cell phone. If you need to call anybody, of course there wasn't really cell phones then there yeah. just in the, and, and you know, when I'd call people, I'd call friends or family. I'd do it from pay phones, you know, and probably folks that don't even know what pay phones are <laughs> out there, but, you know, shoving quarters in the, the, the slots and, and calling. I said, you know, I did that. I said, and there was times when I'd be out there in Colorado or Wyoming in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, you know, I could die out here and nobody knows where I am. Nobody knows my name. Nobody. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and, uh, said, so, you know, you, you have those times. You'll be, you'll be glad when you get home that somebody, <laughs> somebody cares about you even a little bit, you know, cause yep. at that time, you know, when I was doing that, I, it, it was, a it was some of the greatest days of my life. I tell folks, um, you know, you're so free and, but it was some of the loneliest days of my life as well, oh, sure. because you, you, you know, it's, it's different when you go hunting with a buddy or something and you, and you take trips with family members and that, um, you know, you share those times with, with special people and you become, uh, you know, family or blood yeah. brothers or great friends, whatever you want to call it. But when you're out there alone, um, it, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about other folks and, but particularly, you know, yourself. And, and, um, so it, it was a, a great time that I treasure and I could tell stories out there, uh, that would bore folks. Um, 
for days on end about different experiences, uh, you know, um, of, you know, taking showers at YMCA's or, you know, gold gyms in town, you know, and, or driving out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming or Montana and it's just getting dark and it's November and December and there's a high school there and just pulling in there and you can hear the squeak of the gym shoes, you know, a basketball practice and just walking into high school and I have to take showers in the <laughs> in high school and anybody looked at me out, I'd just say, Hey, how are you? And just, take a shower and have hot water and think, my gosh, this is the greatest. And then and off I'd go. You just think of how the times have changed now. I mean, you could no more, you could no more do that than, but, uh, just really quite something. It was, uh, uh, so anyway, from what you were asking about what I do now (laughs) and my day job. So I, from, from Wix, I, I, um, started filming and out of my van and I ended up in, in Arizona. And when I was at Wix, I had, um, my parents had retired in Arizona and I had gone down to Tucson and I had met some of the folks there and I, I knew, uh, Chad James and I knew, uh, the great, the, the Colonel Bob Peterson, who was my boss, such a great, great man. And, um, uh, I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll go down there to Tucson and just like do a story for like Cooner or Bloodline or one of the magazines. And um, I I went in there and I remember talking to Bob. He, he talked to me for about three minutes. He said, what are you doing with your life now, Mark? I said, well, not really anything. Do you need a job? I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. And, uh, he said, well, let's, let's, let's just do that. I'll hire you. I mean, it just happened like that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, said, and the relationships from, it, from working for Wix. It, it just is, you know, it's amazing. And I, I spent 12 years there in Tucson and, uh, I met my wife there. We had our son there. Uh, we started Zeps predator calls and coon squallers, you know, from there and just really great memories. Great guys. Conkey's Outdoors is proud to be a sponsor of Tree Talking Time. Family, hunting, tradition is the Conkey's motto. They understand the importance of passing down the tradition of hound hunting. They are a family owned business that treats you like family. They also understand the importance of having the gear you need when you need it. Conkey's carries everything for your next hunt and it ships to your door quick. They also offer great warranties on all tracking systems and financing options. Check them out at conkeys.com. You can also use the code TREETALKINGTIME5 in all caps to save as well. Out of curiosity, like I never realized Tritronics was based out of Arizona just because it's not really the, I would say, the capital, sure. you know, the center of the sporting dog. Yeah, well, you know, world. Dale Lee, yeah, you know, it was the, Dale Lee was the guy that started making those things, a big lion hunter, mm-hmm. you know, and then... Jerry Gonda kind of bought the rights. So there was three engineers and he sort of bought those guys out as time went on. And, okay. and there's always more to those stories, but Jerry Gonda ended up, uh, with the rights to that. And, you know, in 1968 and 
started Tritronics and, you know, for what, 30 years, they were the, by far the leader in the industry. And then other yeah. folks got into it. And by the time, um, you know, as, as the decades went by and Jerry got older, he had a, you know, a place in Traverse City, Michigan, and a real nice place out there in Tucson. Um, but, you know, he was an absentee owner for the most part. Okay. And, and um, uh, my boss, uh, Bob Peterson, left, and then another wonderful man, Gary Williams, came in. And uh, Gary had worked for Leupold for a lot of years, and he was my boss out there for the last oh three or four or five years uh um and when we had wyatt uh obviously you know when you have children your lives change you don't know that until you have kids and a lot of kids people have kids when they're in their 20s and they you know they but i was in my 40s <laughs> and, and so and pretty set in my way so it was a different you know it was a really different thing all of a sudden or a, a different oh, yeah. responsible a different responsibility but uh you know when people ask i said you know it's the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. it, it, i don't know that it would have been if i was in my 20s but by the time i got to my 40s why you know i, I had um couldn't hunted about everywhere i'd ever could imagine and i'd hunted predators literally all over the world and i, I thought you know i don't <laughs> I met a great gal, my wife Amber, and and um, out there in Tucson. And yeah, I just knew. I mean, I, when I met her, I told my my buddies, I said, I just met this girl. I said, I'm gonna marry her. <laughs> they were like, What in the world are you talking about? I said, I'm just telling you. Well, especially you were that well, old, and you know, yeah, I'm just been telling you. A majority of your <laughs> adult life. <laughs> Yeah, I, t- I told somebody, she had company here last night, and they wanted to know how we met. And I said, well, you know, when I when I moved to Tucson and met my wife, I said, I'd just come off of a couple of years living out of my van. And uh, I said, you know, she was the first the first gal I met in, in a couple of years that had all of her teeth. And <laughs> <laughs> I said, man, I, I, uh, I went for that right away, you know, so I uh, but, uh, you know, we've, we've had like everybody else, our ups and downs, but, uh, I don't know what I'd do without her. And, and, um, we, we, uh, our life right now, uh, you know, is revolved around her health issues and then Wyatt playing basketball, but, uh, she's doing great and Wyatt's doing great. And, and, uh, I've, I don't know, I've hunted probably 12 out of the last 15 nights, something like nice. that. And, uh, I enjoy it. I tell people all the time that when, for for me, it's, uh, you know, when I'm out there, maybe 10 minutes a night, 15 minutes a night, I'm just that, you know, 13 or 14 or 15 year old kid mm-hmm. again out there. And I just feel like, <laughs> excuse me, I just feel like, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world, you know? Well, that's but, awesome. Uh, for all these years, you still feel like that. Yes, yeah. And so, but I, anyway, I I got I got away. So uh, my, our last few years that we were in Tucson, once we had Wyatt, um, the school system was terrible and the border was terrible. Of course, you hear about the border now mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit, but it, it was 
terrible then, you know, and because you have all these kids come across the border, there's all these schools, so you're, you know, the, the no child left behind and all those things that we've got all these kids who can't speak English. Um, so the school system was obviously, you know, terrible. Um, and we just, by that time, um, we both had thought about my wife and I both thought, you know, we, we moved back to the Midwest and, and, um, uh, I, I didn't want to raise, we, we, I say, ah, we, we did not want to raise our son out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I wanted him to see bagels going and coon hounds and trapping muskrats and be around some of that. Yeah. Um, which he really likes and enjoys, but, um, how coon hunting took over my life, basketball has taken over his. So he's really, you know, he leaves here at, before six thirty every morning and shooting in the gym every day before school and working out after school and practicing. So, mm-hmm. and, um, um, so we moved back to the, uh, to Indiana. My wife's parents were from Goshen, Indiana and, and, uh, she, she was raised in Minnesota, but spent her summers here in Indiana. And, and that's how we, ended up coming back to this area. Okay. And, um, it was shortly after that, gosh, we hadn't been here six months and, uh, Garmin bought Tritronics and, uh, gosh, at the time you're, you're terrified. You don't know whether you're going to, you don't know if they're going to make the team or not, but, uh, it's, it's been a great, great thing for, for me and for our family and, Great people, a great company. I'm just amazed every time I go out there. You, you just meet so many wonderful people and smart people, and Christian engineering based company. And then uh, yeah. we have a great sales force. But I'm I'm just, uh, it does my heart good every time out there. There's just you just see uh, an unbelievable. You, you know that there's hope for humanity. There's so many good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that make wonderful products, you know, and so, so and that's it. That's kind of my life and how <laughs> you know, I started as a kid. And uh, I always just, uh, I dreamed of being a, a famous coon hunter. And I don't know that I'm a famous coon hunter, but I'm probably well known in the sport of, of, uh, of yeah. coon hunting. And uh, that's, that's a, a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, nah, you're uh, very well known in the in this industry that in this coon hunting world, that's for sure. And um, so, uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's uh, a little about me. And and um, I don't know, maybe down the road we pick a few topics. So I'll, I'll see you at Grand American or somewhere, and uh, we can do another one of these things. And and. Um, well, before I let you off, I need at least a couple of good hunting stories. You've got to hunt with some of the best dogs <laughs> in their day, you yeah. know, some of the best dogs at that time frame. So I know you have some good stories. I mean, I think sure one you- of them that always stands out to me was uh, I used to help back when Jarvis Humphers was alive and 
So this would have been, gosh, like in the early 90s, um, I want to say, maybe the late 80s, but early 90s. And um, I, I would be a backup judge on cast just so I could see dogs go. And, and um, I remember um, I was on a cast with um, Dave Roberts and Piney Creek Booger back then. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little unfair to, to dogs any time to judge them on one night in the woods because they can either look really good or they can look really bad oh, or yeah. whatever the case is. But, but he put on a coon tree and exhibition that night where the other three dogs in the cast, they did not look like they belonged mm-hmm. in the same stratosphere. And, and uh, I remember going back to Jonathan Hotel that night. I don't know how that dog ever lost the cast. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he had like 700 points that night, which is an unbelievable amount in, in PKC. And, and if he'd have just called his dog, you know, all the time, he got have had like 1,400. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. How he he dominated. That was probably, you know, as as, as far as on a, uh, you know, on a cast, seeing unbelievable work. But just you know, hunting with John over the years with all those good dogs that he had, yeah, and taking photos of of, of a bunch of those dogs, you know, and especially, I think one of the one of the bigger shocks to me was when he bought the uh the leopard dog that he had yep. and and i came to take oh i i i was at grand american and on the way home from grand american from tritron when i was working for tritronics i flew into st louis and we hunted for a couple nights and it was cold and snowy and and um we took <laughs> we took pictures of him, but I remember the first time that when he turned him loose, actually it was just, you know, it was a still, you could hear a pin drop from half a mile, you know, it was so still. And then gosh, in a couple minutes, just a big old ball ball mouth hound opened out there several hundred yards away. And I said, you know, I said, somebody's popped in here with us. I said, is that him? He said, he said, "Yeah, you know, and you you think, of, you know, uh, you know, at that time they were leopard curs, you know, yeah. and you think of them as being just little chop mouth dogs and uh, like little cur dogs." I was around yeah. at the farm as a kid, you know, where you just, you know, they they treat a bunch of coons, but you didn't really hear them that long. And man, that dog had a big old hound mouth on him and a great big tree dog and and. Uh, of course, he went on into the Leopard Hall of Fame and those things. But yep. uh, being a part of being a part of just making some of those things, and the, uh, I'm having a brain freeze here on on those dogs. But the dog he bought from um, Mac McAllister, um, and uh, the Babe, you know, Babe Stylish Banjo, and um, so when John bought him, he, he, the dog hadn't been hunted for, you know, several years. And, um, I remember we, 
so we took him out and hunted him to get some pictures of him, you know, yeah. get some photos of him. And we turned him loose. I mean, it was one of those nights, the breeze was out of the South and we were, we were several miles away from interstate 70, but you could still hear it, you know, mm-hmm. off in the way off in the distance, you could hear like trucks, you know? And, and, uh, so we turned him loose and I don't know, about five minutes went by and both of us were just standing there. We didn't say a word. And, uh, Chris, this was before the days of Garmin, you know, was still just the, the BP. I said, you know, do you reckon we ought to, you ought to turn that ATS system on and see where he's at? And he said, he said, why? I said, cause if he, if he's still going how he left out of here, you'll be crossing that interstate about right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh but uh he got treat in there and had a coon and we went to him and that was one of the first time oh, that was the first time he'd been hunted in years and it was um uh it's fun even on my lifetime coon squalor while there's a i have three different dogs on those cards for the life but the the one with the Walker dog is Babe Silas Banjo, one of the photos that we took. And, okay. That's awesome. And one of the stud dog photos that that John used for him, you know, he's up on a great big tree and uh, really pretty. You know, and back then, this was before digital cameras, so you're just shooting a lot. Yeah. Got everything in focus. You're not really even looking through the eyepiece then. You're just shooting and trying to see is his tail right is his mouth open and all, all these things that you're you know you then you shoot some photography so you know all the all the things that can, so and then you think you've got one but then you don't know so you're you know trying to make sure the exposure is right and covering your hind end for all all of those things but people would always say to me they said hey, you know that was a perfect awesome picture of that dog but the only thing is he didn't have his eyes open <laughs> i said well you know why that is and he would look at me i said because when john bought the dog he had a he had like a tumor behind his eye and his eye was like half bulging out so the first thing he had to do when he bought the dog was had had his eye taken out and it's so so shut. So I said, so I know, but I just, I said, how he treated that night from where we took the picture. I said, he, he never did open that eye. Yeah. <laughs> if he opened that eye, we'd have, we'd have some problems. Yeah. Said, yeah, he, yeah. So, but anyway, there's a, a couple of stories. But, uh, you know, it's funny all the, and, and, you know, John would have people come hunt with him and, and, um, you know, when he had stylish Billy and crowbar and, Gosh, all those people who, you know, just come to see those dogs going and the interesting yeah. you'd have and the people you'd meet from all from all of those things and and um, anyway, uh, next time we we talk, why well, maybe I'll talk about some of those those, those yeah. dogs and things, Definitely. but uh, but uh, I I appreciate you having me on. Oh, I really ben, appreciate you coming on. 
sharing uh, a few stories about my life and talking about myself a little bit. Um, and You've had a pretty interesting life, and you know this covers just a brief little bit of it. Between what I've heard in other podcasts, when I got to talk to you at Autumn Oaks, like, you've had a freaking cool life. That's just... It, it has been wonderful. It has been my childhood dreams. I've been able to live them. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we live in the greatest country in the world and you can do that. You know, you can do that here and you can't do it a lot of places. And, and, uh, but it takes a tremendous amount of hustle and grit and work and just keep going one year. You know, I grew up on that farm and, and, um, uh, you know, the, the hills were steep and you couldn't, pound posts um, on a lot of it. You couldn't auger posts on a lot of it. And I just had a spud bar and a fence post. (laughs) And I go back there now and I can still tell you like how hot it was. And I remember putting that post in and I remember all the the rocks that were in there and it took me an hour to dig that hole and, and all those things. And I've always said every job I had since then was been really easy, you know, Um, but, um, uh, I love it here where I'm at in Indiana. The huge part of me will always be, uh, in the hills and hollers around Warsaw, Ohio. You know, it's a, still, a people always say you can't go back, but I, when I, I, I get back there once a year or so, and, and, uh, it just always feel like I never left, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, this is, this is awesome. So. Oh, sometime along the way, why I'll, I'll either get back there, or I'll have my my boy throw my ashes in the hills around there, and I'm gone, and and uh, I'll get back there one way or the other. But yep. hey, I I really appreciate you having me on and the opportunity to talk to you, and I wish you I wish you great luck with with your adventure uh, in the podcast world, and and encourage you to keep going. It's uh, there's uh, great days for it and there's tough times ahead and uh, you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep going and uh, so I wish you the luck and I, I look forward to when I see you on the road next time okay Ben alrighty thank you very much you bet you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media and until next time keep them talking in the timber